A very good afternoon to you. This is a news break on Lotus FM. I'm Prabhashni Mudli. This is a very special edition of the program this afternoon. Coming to you live from the SABC's M1 studios here in Durban for our Women Empowerment Show. Now before we kick off with the program, here's some of the top stories making headlines today. The Johannesburg Magistrate's Court decision to bar the media from reporting on the bail hearing into the gruesome murder of Karabo Mokwena is being challenged. The bail application of murder accused and Mokwena's former boyfriend Sandile Manswe had to be postponed this morning. This after Times Media indicated that it wants to appeal the decision. Manswe is charged with premeditated murder and defeating the ends of justice after Mokwena's charred body was discovered in an open felt in Lindhurst, north of Johannesburg, days after she was reported missing. Nigerian pastor Timothy Omozo has been denied bail in the Port Elizabeth Magistrate's Court. Magistrate Tandeka Mashile said the leader of the Jesus Dominion International Church is a flight risk, has no extraordinary circumstances and that he might intimidate witnesses. Omotoso faces charges of human trafficking and sexual offences. He has been in custody since his dramatic arrest at the Port Elizabeth Airport in April. Investigations are continuing. Now, South Africa's road death toll for the last year was about 14,000, up from the 2015 figure of about 13,000. This is the highest figure since 2007, when about 15,000 people died on the country's roads. The Road Traffic Management Corporation has published its annual road fatality stats for 2016. 2,700 people died on Gauteng, while 2,715 died in KwaZulu-Natal, each amounting to about 20% of the national toll. The sparsely populated Northern Cape had the lowest figure with 409 deaths. And finally, Amgeni Water has launched an internal investigation into allegations of certain members tampering with awarding of tenders and services worth millions of rands. The allegations were made in an anonymous email by an employee that was circulated among staff members. The email also alleges that an official, that an official and other employees at the state-owned enterprise abused their positions to arrange tenders and jobs for friends. Mgeni Water Shami Harichandra says the allegations made in the email are being taken seriously. One in five women has experienced physical violence by an intimate partner. Now it's time for you to give violence the boot. Newsbreak invites you to a free self-defense class with Sensei Tina Lee Singh on the 9th of June at 11 a.m. at the SABC's M1 Studios in Durban. Call 031-362-5345 to book your seat. Newsbreak exclusive. Minutes past one. A very good afternoon to you if you've tuned in. This is Newsbreak, a very special edition of the program this afternoon. Now, as we said, the team, together with at least 30 ladies, have just completed the most exhilarating self-defense class with Sensei Tina Lee Singh. In light of the recent stories Newsbreak has been reporting on with regards to the murder and violence against women in South Africa, we want to make a difference by empowering women to defend themselves and defend their dignity. Joining me to discuss this further is Karatika and self-defense instructor Tina Lee Singh. She has graciously conducted the class free of charge today and imparted a great deal of knowledge, uh, courage, and I think in all of us today, which 
uh, which will make us not become victims of violence and abuse in the future. Good afternoon, Tina, and thanks for your time today. Good afternoon, Prabhashni, and thank you for all your efforts to make this um, possible. Tina, firstly, talk to us about why you think having a general knowledge of self-defense techniques is important in this day and age. It's because the fear needs to be changed into the perpetrator. We as women are not, uh, we should not actually allow such abuse to happen on us. This is our body, we should say no. So that fear that we normally have must be now turned. It should be on an abuser. So if every woman and child knows some sort of self-defense, then no one's going to take a chance with you. And I think I explained that earlier in the, in the classes as well, is the way you carry out yourself. Mm -hmm. And now that fear needs to be moved. We need to move that fear onto rapists, and we need to move those fear onto uh, abusers. They shouldn't try South African women and children. Tina, you spoke to us in the class, and you kept uh, repeating the fact that as women, we should bring out that fighting spirit. Yes. Talk to us, uh, talk to our on-air audience about exactly what that fighting spirit is, and how do we bring it out? How often you are in a situation, and somebody just touches you uncomfortably, for instance and you freeze as a woman or a, or a girl child or even a child and you, you have this trust confusion in your mind this person is touching me in the wrong way or maybe you're in a situation where you're being abused by a husband and you think okay it's, it's okay no it's not okay why do you freeze in that situation is it we were talking about it earlier is it maybe societal issues that we we think that this is how it should be no that's not how it should be you should use your fighting spirit. Don't freeze in that situation. Dig deep and fight back. And I taught you that fighting back is not always physical. Use your voice. But number one, before I teach you anything, that is what we try to do today, is try to make sure you know that self-defense is more mental than physical. So do you have a fighting spirit? Do you know how to build that fighting spirit? Or are you ready to build that fighting spirit? Mm -hmm. Are you then ready to unleash the fighting spirit? And that was the core of today. Mm -hmm. And that's why I put everybody into those, you know, uncomfortable situations. And then I asked them, how would you react? Did you see? Mm -hmm. A lot of people threw a punch and kick. Then I said, how do, what, what about using your voice? Mm -hmm. And that's when they started to care. And then the care got louder. And that was amazing. Will self-defense techniques, the ones that we learned today, help us to become, as you say, un unfreeze per se in a situation and be able and help us to react, scream and say, help me, or scream and say, stop? Will attending self-defense classes help us to get our minds ready to be able to defend ourselves? A hundred percent. I'm not saying that I'm going to solve all the issues of crime and rape and abuse in this country or the world, but I'm saying this is a way we can try to do it. And I explain that as well with my personal situations with regards to the way I carry out myself. I've never been attacked, God forbid. But even with, when Sensei Riyasha came on and she's talked about her incidents, it's the way we are with our skills from karate. Mm. You know, our, our teachers have taught us how to bring out that fighting spirit, how to be bold. So yes, self-defense classes and having this awareness will help you in that situation, no doubt. But it's about how much do you want to save yourself? Mm -hmm. How much of effort do you want to put into that? To, um, I know you spoke to us um, earlier and, and prior to today, we had a great conversation about getting one's mind prepared. Um, as you mentioned, when we're in that situation, for those of us that are not karate experts, we freeze. If someone, if someone were to attack me right now, I'll probably scream and run or, or crouch up. How, 
how do we become mentally courageous? Uh, so when we are in that situation, we are able to react, we are able to do something. And you did say that uh, physical physicality should be the last resort. Yes. So that's what we try to do is that as much as I'm part of Skisa Karate, I have been doing karate for over 20 years and so has my two assistants. And we are skilled in this. We train, we love karate, we know the deeper meaning of karate, that's why we continue it. But when I founded TLS, it was about how do I now get more ladies to join into self-defense or learn self-defense? Not everybody has that discipline to do karate. It's very long-term. You have to have a lot of discipline to do karate. So how do I conceptualize something that will help women in a simple booklet, which we have shown today, simple videos, so I can get that reach out to more people. How do I try to conceptualize the mental aspect as well as the physical? And that's what I try to do today, is when we started, is I asked you about the fighting spirit, I put you in the situations, and I made you unleash your fighting spirit. Now, those techniques I've mentioned as well is that you need to practice. Mm-hmm. If you forget, look into that booklet, mm-hmm. come onto our website, which is www.tls-africa.com.com. So just check what videos are being released because we're going into the le- different uh, levels. Check uh, if you want to go back to the booklet, for instance, look at it. And then that's how you're going to try and remember it. And then practice. When we have interactive classes, come on to the, come to those classes. When there is any self-defense in your area, please go for it. You know, any other self-defense instructor, I'm not saying that I'm the only self-defense instructor or skisas, mm-hmm. the only karate organization. Mm-hmm. There's so many martial artists out there. There's so many martial arts schools. There's karate, there's kung fu. Mm-hmm. Learn some sort of self-defense. But this is a platform that we're trying to use now and push mm-hmm. forward. Tina, t- talk to us very quickly about um, the importance of when we walk on the street, when we're walking in the mall, how important is it to be aware of our surroundings? It is 100% um, you have to do it because that is the avoidance. If you are aware of your surroundings, you may more often than not avoid a situation of rape, abuse, or a robbery. So it is very, very vital that you uh, actually remember how to be aware. And we've done some of the techniques today. Try and remember about how to walk on the street. Don't be on your phone. Don't be, don't let your mind be, you know, somewhere else. When you're walking on the street, no, I need to leave my office and I need to get to my car. That must all, that's all that needs to be on your mind. Mm-hmm. Not what you're going to cook. Mm-hmm. Not that I need to go to gym. I need to go to karate. I need to pick up my kid from this place or that place. Mm-hmm. Be focused in everything that you do. And I think that's very important of why I'm part of Do TV. Mm-hmm. They've taught me about, they are my media partners and they have taught me about how you need to do digital, mm-hmm. but do life. Mm-hmm. And being present at all times is very important. Mm That was our karate expert uh, and instructor today, Tina Lee Singh, joining us here from TLS. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's just gone 16 minutes past one. You're listening to News Break, a very special edition of the program, coming to you from the SABC's M1 studio for News Break's um, Women Empowerment Program. Now, the South African Police Service plays a vital role in the protection of women in our society. And they're often advocating for more reporting on crimes, especially those that involve violence against women. SAPS has been actively involved in Newsbreak's Women Empowerment Program today. Joining us here is spokesperson for SAPS and Kuzuda Natal, Colonel Timbeka Ambele. Thanks so much for your time today, Colonel. 
Thank you. Mahalo to the listeners. Colonel, talk to us about the extensive crime that the police in KwaZulu-Natal is having to deal with with regards to violence against women and children. Um, the, the police, we are um, faced with a challenge. Uh, there are a lot of cases of violence against women and children. Uh, in nowadays, most of the times, there are these cases of murder. But I just want to emphasize that it's not like what is happening in Gauteng. Mm-hmm. What is happening here is just the girlfriend and boyfriend killings and uh, like i said before it 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 starts it begins from the from the slip by hand and it goes out to a matter mm-hmm. so those cases and most of the cases are not reported only in the police we're talking about the cases that are reported to us but we go out also for the crime awareness campaigns as soon as we've done the crime awareness campaigns that's when you see people flocking to the to the stations to open the cases mm-hmm. but we have to go to them and talk about the abuse that they must speak until someone and listen and they just when they come to the police often uh, people find that reporting crime is, is is useless and the fact that they they're losing faith in the police per se especially in local communities how would you allay then that the police is trying to fight crime in the country and that reporting crimes are important reporting crime i can it's important because that's when uh, we identify the perpetrators. Uh, the listeners must uh, be aware that if they don't report the crime, that's where the perpetrator will go to this person, to this victim, and to then go to other victim now and again. But if the case is opened, that perpetrator will be taken into the custody and then will be dealt with until the case is finalized. But if they do not report the cases, then you'll end up having the repeat offenders, the people who are raping different people. Remember, the cases that we have, most of them, they are happening inside the house. Domestic violence mm-hmm. it happens inside the, in the house. If they don't report, we're not going to know mm-hmm. until something big happens. And as police, we don't want to I don't want you to wait, the people to wait until something big happens. They must report when it's, it's a little thing. Would you say that the, the police in the province is adequately equipped to deal with incidents like this? For example, if a little girl or if a teenager is raped and goes to the police station, often she's in a fragile, horrific state at that point. Is the police and the ones that are in contact at the charge office effectively equipped to deal with situations like this? Definitely, yes. At the church, at the CSC, Community Service Centre, we have the trauma centre in most of the stations. But if there's no trauma centre in those small stations, as soon as the person talks about rape, he's taken to an isolated place and then mm-hmm. he's given someone, either male or female, because all the police are trained to obtain statements on rape, of rape, on rape cases, mm-hmm. not a female only, but all, all the members. And we've got the, a unit called Family Violence, Child Protection and Sexual Offenses. Mm-hmm. It's males and females that are also there and they're dealing with those cases and they're specializing in those cases. But what are also... Uh, request the people the, most of the times the children that are raped and just the teenagers they must immediately report the case we don't say if you report after 72 hours it, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. but at least there's a lot of evidence if you report within 72 hours mm-hmm. after 72 hours yes there's evidence but it's only what the witnesses say but if it's within 72 hours there are cements there are, there are samples that are taken from the offender and also from the victim so if they report the case in time and they report it, that would be very great. 
That was police spokesperson Colonel Timbeka Mbele joining us live. Thank you so much for your time on the program this afternoon. Thank it's you. just gone 20 minutes past one. This is News Speck on Lotus FM. A very good afternoon to you. If you've just joined us, it's a very special edition of the program today coming to you live from the SABC's M1 studio for News Break's special woman empowerment program. We'll be back after this short break. Notice FM, good afternoon. Welcome to a special edition of the program, Women uh, Newsbreaks Empowerment Show. Now, as we said, the, the, all the ladies that are here today have gone through a, a very exciting, exhilarating class between half past 11 and half past 12 today. Uh, all of the women are seated here. Maya Jajivan is going to walk around with her microphone and speak with them and find out how they feel now that the class is in fact over. Do they feel more empowered? Yes, Prabhashni. I in fact want to start with what Sensei Tina Lee Singh started with. At the outset, she asked these amazing women who have gathered here today, do they have a fighting spirit? Well, one hour later, after those mental and physical exercises, let's find out. We do have someone who was actually singled out, who's done very well at fisting and punching. So Tanya, thank you so much for your time and being here this afternoon. Do you feel empowered? Hi, thanks um, for having me. I really enjoyed the session and I definitely, I didn't think that I would, but I do feel empowered from learning and, and sharing in this experience with everyone here. And do you believe that when you go back home, where, whether it's where you work, whether it's out on the street, that, this really, that these really are techniques that you can implement? Definitely. I think um, what we learned, especially from the self-defense, was that you have to use your voice and you have to let other women know that they can be empowered. They don't have to just cower and be quiet. And it's important for us to know those techniques because I didn't know that before I came here. That's excellent, Tanya. And one of our other ladies who really did show her hands at fisting and punching is Candice. Candice, was that something new for you or do you think you always had that uh, survival instinct in you? Um, I think being a mother you kind of find inner strength that you don't even know you had. So today I came with the mindset of, if I were in a position of being attacked and my child were with me, how would I react? And it all comes down to a voice. That's the thing, first thing I learned today. You know, you need to be heard. You need to scream and scare somebody. Now, Candice, the interesting part is that your husband is actually a policeman. And that sometimes gives you sort of a safety net. But now, after this class, do you also feel even safer knowing that if he's not around, you can, as you say, defend yourself and defend your child? I would uh, positively say yes, I would be able to. Um, you know, when, when we first got married, he always told me, the first thing he taught me was, you know, how to use a firearm and how to defend myself. So yes, I do. This is a very informative um, session that was had today, held today, actually. And I'm very um, thankful for it. So there we have it. Already two women leaving here, very empowered. I'm now going to talk to a young lady. She's just 19 years old. And Cindy, you've been here early this morning and very eager to learn these techniques. How has the class been for you? Um, thanks um, for the opportunity. And um, it was nice um, to be here because I learned a lot about uh, self-defense. I didn't know anything, I don't want to lie. <laughs> and um, yeah, Tina um, taught us a lot about self-defense, like be alert and be aware. If like you're walking in town, do not look like in your phone, be like 
be yourself and be aware like what you're doing. Atikas can be like be anywhere and be conscious um, to your surroundings. Go out with your friend if you want to go out with your friend, if it's possible. And um, use your voice, make a noise. If um, Oh, like draw attention to the articles if like they are taking you. Thank you. Great, Cindy. So there we have it for those tuned in. Very practical advice on how you too can be aware of your surroundings and really know what's going on. I'm speaking now with Sheetal, who's from an organization called Seroptimus International. Why was it important for you to be here today? Firstly, I must resonate that such a class is so fitting in terms of today's society, where we are, and the challenges that we've had. And empowering women through mass media, especially through Lotus and radio means, just cuts across all class, racial, ethnicities, and all boundaries within South Africa. Knowledge this way can, of course, empower not just men, but women and children as well. And in terms of your organization and the work that you do with young girls in particular, after being part of this class, is this something that you are now going to take back? Oh, definitely. And especially more so if you look at the young teenagers in our country at present. They're not armed with this kind of knowledge. And this can only serve to protect them and, of course, pave their road and their future for them. Sheetal, thank you for being here and lending your voice as well to the challenges that women do in fact face. We also joined this afternoon by Chantal, who's from the Anti-Drug Forum. Why was it important for you to be here today? Um, substance abuse is a well-associated risk factor um, in relation to gender-based violence. The Anti-Drug Forum is grateful to have been afforded this opportunity to cap capacitate ourselves with the techniques of self-defense. Uh, Gender-based based violence has to be viewed holistically when implementing intervention. The Anti-Drug Forum firmly uh, endorses this motto of holistically dealing with such matters. Uh, in light of the spate of uh, recent gruesome reports of gender-based violence, um, the Anti-Drug Forum has taken a very proactive role by implementing programs via our Smart Club uh, school program. The response to this program has been excellent and with the techniques that we've learned here today we definitely are going to incorporate that in our programs. So there you have it from the ladies here today certainly leaving very empowered and very informed. Prabhashni it's back to you. Thanks for that, Maya. Now, often women that face abuse feel that they have nowhere to go and are too afraid to go to family and friends with the abuse that they are facing. But for hundreds of women, the Sahara Shelter in Phoenix, north of Durban, is a safe haven. Let's find out more now about the services they offer with uh, Aruna Chetty, who is also the chairperson of the Phoenix Child Welfare. Aruna, talk to us about the plight um, of women that the social workers are having to deal with uh, at the Sahara Shelter. Hi, good afternoon, Prabhashni and listeners. Um, our shelter is open 24-7, and um, every day um, we get calls from the police station and other organizations for women wanting shelter. Um, often women that are experiencing this kind of domestic violence have tried to go to family for help, and often families have come up to you know, at a point where they say, you know what, we can't help you anymore. Mm -hmm. That's when they decide to go to the police station to ask for some help or open a charge. Mm -hmm. And that's when they come to the Sahara. Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of abuse, maybe years and years of abuse, before a woman can go out and 
and ask for help. Find that and courage. I really uh, like the sensei, uh, Tina Lee's, you know, to get your inner fighting spirit because I feel if more women have to learn this mm-hmm. and fight back and ask for help, there is so much of help out there. Mm-hmm. You can get that help. Aruna, in terms of the help that you offer women and children at that are in these distress situations. Talk to us about the services that not just the Sahara Women's Shelter offers, but also the Phoenix Child Welfare as a whole. Okay, um, Phoenix Child Welfare, of course, we help women that come in every day. Mm-hmm. Um, if, when they want, uh, if there's domestic violence, firstly, we would ask them to go and open a charge. Uh, often women don't want to do that, you know, so a lot of counseling has to go in before a woman is ready to open the charge. Mm-hmm. Then we look at uh, whether she requires shelter or there's family able to help her. Mm-hmm. If not, we would go take her to our shelter. Um, then at the shelter, we have a full-time social worker mm-hmm. that does in-house counseling. So she would counsel the, the woman, um, make her comfortable, um, find out, you know, in terms of sending her to open uh, mm-hmm. a protection order, um, make arrangements for the children, all that happens there when she's at the shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, thereafter, yeah, we also do uh, empowerment skills to women, mm-hmm. where we teach them, in case that she's a housewife and has no skills, like she doesn't know what I'm going to do if I have to go and live on my own. Mm-hmm. We teach her some basic skills. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a women's group that come in to do skills with our ladies. Mm-hmm. We also do some um, uh, fighting, uh, not self-defense, but we, we do uh, some sort of skills. We mm-hmm. get others, you know, yes, people come in to help us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we, we help her find a job, also help her find accommodation. Mm-hmm. There are times that we've paid uh, deposits for homes for, um, for our women just mm-hmm. to help them kickstart you know, their, their lives. lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aruna, in terms of the greater Kuzuru Natal area then, what sort of avenues do exist? I know Sahara is specifically in the Phoenix area, but in other areas around Durban and other areas around the province, what other organizations exist for women in distress situations? We know there's help out there, but we don't know where to go. There are lots of shelters. I'm mm-hmm. quite amazed you know, that, that people, I'm sure there are websites as well with mm-hmm. all the shelters. There's one right in town mm-hmm. called Kerr House. Uh, there's one in Overport mm-hmm. called Respite Center. Mm-hmm. There's one in Pine Town, Open Door. So lots of shelters taken, but a lot of the shelters don't take the, the children. They will just take the woman. Mm-hmm. But we do take children uh, the mother and her children. Mm-hmm. And that was Chairperson of the Phoenix Child Welfare, Rona Shetty. Thank you so much for your time on the program this afternoon. Thank you. Tina, Tina, just in wrapping up then, talk to us about how people can actually get in touch with you if they wish to go to the same course, the class that we went through today. Sure. The best way to contact me is through the website, which is www.tls-africa.com. We have a Facebook page called TLS, and you can engage with me on that page. And that concludes uh, our bit for this afternoon. Thank you very much to the team today that worked very hard to put this broadcast together. That's executive producer Salma Patel, senior producer Genevieve Lanka, Maya Jagjeevan, Taresh Hari Prashad, Matthew Viren, Hussein Ibrahim, Talisha Naidu, and of course Rachel Vadi. We have technical assistance today from Tansen Nepal, Tansen Nepal and um, Dion Chetit. Do sing. Yes, go ahead, Tina. Talk to us about So, sing. just remember all the ladies here today, we've got that concept on the booklet. 
easy way for you to remember and fight back is remember fight and the way we've taken you through the awareness and always fighting back and then the sing move of solar plexus, instep, nose and growing. So remember fight, do sing. Great. I think we, based on all our actions and everything we did today, we're not going to forget it, Tina. But thank you very much to our special guests, uh, as you just heard, Karatika Tina Lee Singh and her team. To the police women from the South African Police Service and the women from the Sahara Women Shelter. All of, that, all of you who participated, uh, we appreciate uh, your time very greatly here today. Most importantly, to all the beautiful ladies that attended and accepted our invitation today, thank you very much. We hope that you have been empowered by the experience here. I think you all deserve a huge round of applause.